The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss why your CRM is the most important tool for everyone in your organization. Joining us is Lars Helgeson, who is the CEO of GreenRope, which is a complete CRM system with sales, marketing, customer service, and operations built into one single database. You gain a complete understanding of your business performance, metrics, and growth with GreenRope. They have all the tools you need to manage and execute strategies in one place to alleviate the needs for additional third-party platforms. So far this week, Lars and I have talked about leveraging technology to help with business management, including CRM systems. Yesterday, we talked about marketing automation, customer journey mapping, and data modeling. And today, we're going to talk about building information systems to optimize your marketing efforts. All right, here's the third part of my conversation with Lars Helgeson, CEO of GreenRope. Lars, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you back on the show. Excited to continue the conversation. Yesterday, we landed the plane talking about the predictive analytics engine that you've built into the GreenRope CRM system, about how it's able to look at your data, find commonalities, and help you understand what you should be doing in your marketing programs to help basically model the behavior of people that have become conversions. I want to talk a little bit more about building out those types of systems. You know, I think of that as an information system where you're taking information, trying to replicate it, doing your data analysis, and building out programs to drive the results that you're looking at. How do you think of what an information system is and how does it optimize your marketing efforts? I think there's a lot of different ways you can say what a information system is. A lot of people think of it differently. Just like if you ask 10 people what a CRM means to them, you'll get 10 different answers. You probably get the same thing if you talk about various different areas of MarTech. I think ultimately it comes down to how are you managing the information that you're gathering about your leads and your customers. From a marketing perspective, we need to figure out where people are coming from, what are they doing when we interact with them, and what actually drives them to become customers. Once we are able to do that, as marketers, we're able to close the loop on the entire customer journey and figure out how to model how people go through that whole system. So the question, of course, is how do you do that? How do you figure out how to gather all that information? In most companies, on average, marketers use six different pieces of software in their daily work. 
six different pieces of software means that a marketer has to figure out how to pull all that data together if those are all separate disparate systems. That means that you've got to deal with APIs or importing or exporting data, trying to get everything into a spreadsheet, trying to do the statistical analysis on all of that, and it turns into a mess. What we want to do is simplify that so we have a single information system that pulls all that in. So the question, of course, then becomes, how do you do that? And you start by looking at your requirements. You look at your customer journey and you say, how are we attracting customers? What are we doing? Are we doing pay-per-click ads? Are we doing social media ads? Are we doing TV ads? Are we doing print? How do we get that information then in the top of the funnel into a centralized system? Where do we drive them to then to interact with them? That's where we want to be able to pull that data into the CRM, whether we have a form that captures data on our websites or ways to capture data through social media or whatever, finding ways to gather that data and pull it into that centralized system. So after that point, once you capture that data and you get it into a CRM, what happens next? So then once you have that data into a central place, that's where you're able to control the relationship better. You're able to control how you're sending messages out to them. So you can say, I'll send you a text message or I'll schedule a phone call with a salesperson or I'll send you an email or whatever, or you'll set up retargeting campaigns. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're interacting then with that lead and then you're able to keep track of that data inside your CRM. The more you control that in a central place, the more then you can model that. You can look and see, okay, people are going through these various different stages of their conversion. This is what we know they're doing with the emails we send them. We know they're opening them. We know they're clicking. We know they're visiting our website. We know they're watching our videos. We know how they're consuming our content. And then we can customize the customer journey then. The more we can customize and personalize that interaction, the more they're going to respond to us because people want to feel like they're being spoken to by someone who's actually listening. So if you say, I'm interested in X, then you as the company, you can send that to a customer that says, I know you're interested in X and here's something that's relevant. Here's something that's timely. That's what drives people through your funnel. That's what increases your conversion rate. That's what drives revenue and profitability. So I want to talk a little bit about personalization because it can be a two-way street. Let's say, for example, I'm sending out emails and I highlight you as somebody who is a dog enthusiast. If I drop that, I know that your dog's name is Little Buddy, that might be a little creepy. By the way, is your dog's name Little Buddy? Of course it is. You knew that. How did I know that, right? That's good targeting, isn't it? Yeah. Turns out there's somebody else that's in your office that told me that your dog's name was Little Buddy. (laughs) Moving on. The idea of, hey, you didn't know that I had that information and now I'm telling you that I do. All of a sudden, I've got a creepy factor. So talk to me about what the right balance is with personalization and when are you able to personalize an email so it's effective and it feels customized, but where it is not data collection and feels slimy, abusive, scammy? Intrusive. Yeah, that's part of the line that we have to walk. In this particular example, if you were going to reach out to me and send an email knowing that I have a dog named Little Buddy, I would probably be creeped out if you and I didn't have a conversation. Like it would have been different if I held up a picture of the dog Little Buddy. Right. (laughs) But you can use the fact that you know that I'm a dog owner and say that I know this person is interested in dogs, possibly animals. And so maybe in the messaging that I send out, I send something that uses dog imagery. If you happen to know that Little Buddy is a Boston Terrier, maybe you have the ability to put a picture of a Boston Terrier on the messaging that you're sending. 
man, I wish I had my old keychain, which was a Boston University Boston Terrier keychain. That would have been hilarious. Go on. There you go. There you go. See, <laughs> anticipating the personalization. So I think you can do that in a way that is a little bit more general and not as creepy and keeping that information in your back pocket in terms of knowing you may know that this person is a dog owner and you know their dog's name. Maybe you don't bring that up until further down the funnel so that if you are going to do that automation, you know that person is likely not going to be as creeped out once you have a more established relationship with them. For what it's worth, it took me three podcast episodes to figure out how to work. You have a dog named Little Buddy into the episode. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out for well the first done. two. Thank you. Okay, we talked about personalization. You got your data flow from your user acquisition, right? How are you getting somebody into your funnel? What are their behaviors? How do you personalize the emails? Then there's also the notion of modeling and trying to drive them down your customer journey. You've done some sort of mapping to try to figure out what's the likely conversion path. Not all paths are the same. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How do you figure out how to customize the customer journey so it's right for the right person? That's a very good question because, right, and part of the personalization experience is not just saying, dear Benjamin, in an email that is being sent to you. The personalization is also understanding how to use the more nuanced information. So the things like knowing I'm a dog owner, for example, how does that influence the way my customer journey goes? It could be more than just saying this email is going to say this. It could be, well, I know that dog owners generally have a different way of buying a product. Maybe because I'm a dog owner, that means I'm a more empathetic person. Therefore, the messaging to me is going to be in a slower drip campaign. Or maybe the messaging is more emotional, or maybe you're driving people to different websites or different ways of interacting. Maybe because you know I'm a dog owner, I'm more likely to respond to a personal phone call as opposed to an email. And these are just, you know, I'm just spitballing examples out there. 
what goes into my head is you're a dog owner, you're likely to be targeted for outdoor advertising because you're going to be outside with your dog going on walks. I think that the placement is another variable that you could look at when you're talking about personalization and mapping. Absolutely. So when you build your journey, you've put in those breakpoints, those decision points or the things that will personalize the whole journey itself, not just the message, but how are you actually going to interact with someone as they go through this process of being a lead and becoming a customer? Because that process may be different depending on what you're selling or who you're selling to, or even initial stages of how you interact with them. So maybe people that find you over social media are going to go through a buyer's journey a little bit different than someone that you met at a trade show. So you want to customize what that looks like. And being able to track that and hold that into a central CRM makes that possible. So you can say, I know that my first interaction with this person was at this trade show. And I know that people that were at this trade show are interested in X, as opposed to someone that liked me on Facebook, and therefore I'm going to interact with them this way. Last question for you. The takeaway that I have from hearing about the way that you're thinking about building information systems and customer journey mapping is logical, sophisticated, very cool. My concern is it requires a lot of data to be able to get the type of analysis that you're talking about. And it also is something that is so nuanced that you need an entire team to basically make these conclusions of this person came in from this channel and it was exposed to this content and is a dog enthusiast. So we need to run a separate campaign. When you are an earlier stage or growth stage company and your resources are limited from a budget, from a time, from a team resource perspective, how do you start to implement some of these customer journey mapping data modeling practices without totally sinking your team in analysis? Most businesses are resource limited. If we had unlimited resources, we would just go do whatever we wanted. Yeah, we would be Salesforce. Right. <laughs> so, but what we want to do is think about our company and taking a step back. So I always say, don't pick a CRM until you take a step back and you do three things. One, who your customers are. So you do the market segmentation analysis. You look at who are you selling to, create the buyer personas, do things like that. The second part is to do the customer journey modeling at a very high level. Sit in front of a whiteboard. We have a free tool called journeyflow.com that you can sign up for. It's an app to whatever tool you use for journey modeling, keep it high level. Think about what you want your customer journey to look like or how you think it'll work, how you're going to personalize that. And then the last part is building your data model. So you're doing all of this stuff without looking at any software. All you're doing is looking at just the high level. What does your company do? Once you can do that, once you can manage how all of that is done, then you can then look at how you're going to use software to accomplish those things. Then you know what your requirements are. You start working down that path, but you don't try to do everything all at once. It's that old, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I think that's great advice. And it's one of the things that we've preached here on the MarTech podcast is when you're trying to figure out how to scale, you should be using technology to replace the activities that you're already doing. And to me, when you're talking about, I know who our customers are, now I'm trying to reach them. Now I'm taking part of the process out of my relationship management, of my outreach, and I'm using technology to do it. You need to go figure out what you want to say, who you're saying it to, and then you're running constant experiments using your CRM or using your technology to kind of build on top of the fundamental knowledge that you have. Right. Lars, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I think that the solution that you're working on sounds very elegant. I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us all about it. 
Thank you very much for having me. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Lars Helgeson, CEO of GreenRope, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Lars, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is GreenRope, G-R-E-E-N-R-O-P-E, or you can visit his company's website, which is GreenRope.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletters. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.